0: Hello and a very warm welcome to Thauru Newspaper Analysis which is presented to you by Lawseco. So today we'll discuss important articles from the newspaper of 25th June 2021. We have two important articles of the day. The first is titled as Staging a Comeback Re-energizing India's Africa Policy. This is from The Hindu and this article talks about the decreasing trade between India and Africa and why it is the right time to critically review India-Africa policy. The second article is titled as Bad Bank Lessons from China. In this article, we'll discuss about what is a bad bank and what lessons should India take from the China's bad bank disaster. Moving ahead. This newspaper analysis is presented to you by me. My name is Ankita Parida. I'm working as a trainee associate with Lawseco. You can reach out to me at my LinkedIn or Twitter handle. So, moving to India's Africa policy article, that is the first article of our day. So, it has been seen that India's influence on Africa has been decreasing gradually and the economic investment and trade has declined over the past some years. And based on that, the influence of other countries like the American countries and the European nations and China specifically has increased Specifically, has increased immensely. So, let's see. What has been India's take, India's um, influence on Africa? So, we have a 2.3 billion population combined in India and Africa, and out of that, 3 million are Indian diaspora in Africa, consisting of around 3 million of their population. And there are almost 50,000 strong ethnic African diaspora in India who descended from the Bantu people of Southeast Africa the trade between India and Africa, that the bilateral trade is estimated to be around $70 billion and it has increased 20 times in 15 years. And with the uh, people investment, that is the involvement of people, we have 4,500 Indian soldiers on the ground of Africa under various UN peacekeeping missions and a fully formed female police unit is also present in Liberia. Also, on the educational line, India offers 900 scholarship to African students each year and India is the second largest employer in Nigeria. 3% of African population consists of people of Indian origin and India is currently spending $7.5 billion of infrastructure projects over 40 countries in Africa. However, it has been seen that China has increased in influence immensely in africa and thereby the interest of india is getting hampered gradually let's see what has been the decrease in the trade relationship so first of all india's export that that is 27 $27 27.7 billion dollars today and it has reduced 4.4 percent from the previous one and the import has also decreased to $28.2 billion, which is a 25% reduction from that of the previous one. Bilateral trade value that has decreased by $10.8 billion in 2019-2020 and $15.5 billion from 2014-2015, to 2015, thereby amounting to $55.9 billion today. India's investment in Africa has decreased from 3. Two billion dollar in 2019 to 2.9 billion dollar in 2020-21, and on the other side, the total investment from 1996 to 2021 is only 1.3 uh, one third of the China's investment in Africa. Please note that India India has a very good import and export re, uh, export relationship with the African nation, and India is the India's top five market consists of South Africa, Nigeria, Egypt, Kenya, and Togo. Many things are exported from India and it is also known as the pharmacy, India is the pharmacy of Africa. So in the export from India consists of mineral fuels, oils, pharms, and vehicles. And the import from them include pearls and precious stones, which consist of 77% of the imports. However, there has been seen concerns that there has been a rising global competition to capture African market and who would not like to do that because Africa is a dove of resources. They are having gold, diamond, uranium, oil, whatnot. So many nations, for example, the American nations and the European countries and also Countries like China in Asia have been increasing their influence. Uh, in in the in between 2019 to 2021, there has been a uh, initiative by the European nation seeking forgiveness from their for their past actions with Africa because of their colonial regime with Africa, so that they can show some kind of uh, empathy and increase their relationship with the African nation they have also involved in assisting in resolving political and social challenges that is been um, that is uh, the con- the continent is facing right now like the conflict in the sudan area and also in the uh, sahara area the conflict which is going on with the terrorist activities the these nations have come forward to give their help in return they are trying to capture their market they are also trying to capture their minerals like gold oceanic resources diamonds and also they are trying to make a geopolitical influence on the continent specifically china has topped in this by making the wax diplomacy or giving assistance during the covid-19 pandemic and it has Um, successfully done a wax diplomacy in which India has uh, left behind. India definitely has a reason behind it because in in India there was a sheer shortage of raw materials because of uh, stoppage of export from US and China of raw materials and India could not uh, get more vaccines procured and therefore it could not um, export them. Also, there was a conflict in between, that when there was a shortage of vaccine in India, why should it export to other nations? But this is the time that India needs to think of restoring this opportunity, and it needs to restore re, rest, uh, restore the relationship with the um, African nation, because India and Africa almost have a common history of colonial regime and they can connect very e- easily and we also have a wide diaspora sharing in between the two continents. So therefore there is it is the time that India needs to increase the economic engagement at least on a virtual or formal basis by giving more loans to the African countries, uh, setting up industries in the countries and also by, inc- uh, by increasing its presence through digital technology as India is one of the best countries having dig- best de- digital technologies, therefore we should definitely leverage this opportunity by giving them digital technology and harnessing our diplomatic relationship with Africa. Moving to the second article of the day, it is about bad bank lesson from China. So let's discuss in this article, what is a bad bank? what was the lesson learned by china from its bad bank and how india can learn from these lessons and what can be a good model to establish a good bad bank in india so As India is getting ready to operationalize a new bad bank, National Asset Reconstruction Company Limited, China is struggling with one of the biggest bad bank, China Harang Asset Management Company Limited. So basically, as per the RBI committee, it has come up that India is getting ready to operationalize its first bad bank. Let's know what is a bad bank and why it is named so. Does a bad bank is actually bad or is it named for other kind of intent? So bad bank is set up to buy bad loans and other liquid, liquidity holdings of other financial institutions. For example, the NPS or the non-performing assets or the non-performing loans and it takes all these things and recover the debts. So what is this concept and why? such kind of uh, separate bank is set up so basically if we have a bank for example our sbi in and it gives a loan of thousand crores to somebody and that person is not able to pay back the thousand crores but he is able to pay back 800 crores so these 200 crores will be transferred to the bad bank and this bad bank will have the expertise and the power to recover all the money that is left behind that is 200 crores from that person whether by doing the asset reconstruction or by selling them to other parties and recover these costs and take its percentage and give the back give it back to the sbi why this is done why can sbi do this so if the bad bank if the bad loan is in the uh, books of the um, bank then the market of the uh, then people lose the confidence on the bank that it is having so much of losses the books of the bank for example in between we had a huge number of nps and people lost their faith in the banks for some time and people started withdrawing their money so The banks need to keep their books a little bit cleaner so as to make them more lucrative and people have their trust in these banks so that these bad loans which are not getting resolved in a time frame are are a headache of another bank which is known known as bad bank and it is separately set up to do this kind of specific purpose. This kind of initiative have been previously taken by USA, Sweden and also in China. However, China is struggling with, a, with one of its bad banks, that is the China Horgon Asset Management Company Limited. Let's understand what was the situation in which China set up this kind of bad bank and what are the consequences it is facing right now. So on the financial crisis, which, was, which was face, uh, Asia was facing uh, at that point of time, China set up um, a bad bank in 2012. The bad bank would acquire the NPAs and NPLs and it would have a tenure which was extended indefinitely to uh, recover the loans. So it set up each of four state-owned commercial banks after the Asian financial crisis and it would acquire non-performing loans from the bank and resolve within 10 years and this was extended indefinitely further. In 2012, China permitted one local bank per province then it was two local banks per province and currently we have 69 local banks which are coming under these bank banks bad banks and they have their non-performing assets which are being transferred to the bad bank and these bad banks are not able to recover these loan or not uh, able to make the reconstruction of the assets and not able to give profit to the country so what is the problem that has been uh, seen here so as per a research conducted in the national university of singapore there it has detected many problems in which the china had not worked upon the first is that it creates a moral uh, laziness that such uh, uh, the banks do not act on their own nps and they transfer it to the bad banks and they have clean books so it c- creates a moral hazard in the in the in the um, in the part of the banks and they are they uh, they are left their own and do not think about the giving lending more loans so they are incentivized and they are uh, more thinking of giving more loan and even they are not concerned of having the um, bad loans because they can transfer them to the in bad bags so this creates perverse incentives and hides the bad loans and instead of resolving them it it creates a false illusion with the people of the country so the main issue also include that the tenure of the original mandate was increased indefinitely. So there was not a time, uh, there was no time constraint, which was initially ten years. And because of this lack of ta- uh, time constraint, they had the laxity to increase or uh, act on it anytime they want. The second thing it thing is that this bad banks transformed itself into investment bank so they tried their hands on high-yield cross-border lendings they started uh, involving in real estate trade and also started their stakes in the securities market however this did not give them any kind of fruitful outcome and therefore we see that today we have a crisis in China of a big bad bank uh, that is the china Horgong asset management company so what can be the solution and what should be the lesson learned by india firstly the centralized bank like the nar narcl should have a finite t- tenure and this kind of thing was acted by usa and sweden when in which they had a finite finite uh, tenure in in fact in usa they had a sunset Clause in which they cannot extend their recovery process more than a time that was 10 to 15 years. So, that because there was a time concern, they could do it very easily. So, it is success in US and Sweden. However, because of this infinite time given in China, it is a failure. Second thing is there should be a narrow mandate so a bad bank must have a specific narrow mandate with clearly defined goals it should not ex, uh, expand itself into getting into real estate or giving high um, high ill cross border ills or something like that rather it should focus on asset reconstruction and get direct permit from the um, uh, the asset reconstruction law which is going on in india that is in india we have the surface act and therefore in that manner, the um, the bank can act effectively. The third thing uh, it is t- told by the author is that the asset reconstruction companies should be incentivized and should have an interest rate of at least 2.5% so that they can have at least 2.5% in which the loan amounts for more than five crore, so that they get some incentive for recovering these loan with hard uh, hard ways, and they try this resolution process in a best uh, in their best manner they can. The last solution that the author prescribes is resolution of bad loans should be through a market me- mechanism and not through multitude of bad banks. So India before walking into it should not think about multitude of bad banks but the bad loan should be cured by the market mechanism itself so this is all the author wants to um, recommend in this so this was all for today thank you